Turn, if you would, this morning, please, to the book of James. James chapter 5 is where we're going to be. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we are thankful for this day. We're thankful, Lord, for your goodness to us. I pray that you would bless now this time in your word, that you'd use it, Lord, to be a help to us, that it might be a challenge to us. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning, we're going to be finishing our study of the book of James, and it's been a long process as far as I'm concerned, but I do believe it's been profitable for me. I hope it's been profitable for you as well. But uh, this evening, or this morning, rather, as we get into this final message, I would like for us to remember just a little bit of the context of chapter 5 because it is important as to how it closes in James's words to the believers. Uh, you may remember that as we began looking at chapter 5, there were those that, Paul, that uh, James was writing to that had been abused and taken advantage of by landowners. They had been defrauded of their wages and their lives had been made very difficult because of the actions of others. We have watched as Paul, I don't know why I keep saying Paul, I apologize. We have watched as James continued or encouraged them to continue in their walk with the Lord, to not quit, to just stay faithful, to just keep going on, even in the midst of the challenges. Uh, he told them to just keep praying, just keep praying and, and don't quit praying. And uh, so that's what we've been talking about, what we've been looking at again for the last few weeks. And so today as we wrap all this up, I hope that this will close in a fashion in which we can be helped by. But I want to begin this morning by having you think about something that you know to be true, and that is this, is that every day we are bombarded with all different types of information. Every day, whether it be by way of the TV and the newscasters or the radio and what they're putting out, the internet, the magazines, it doesn't matter. Every day we are bombarded with information. And as we've talked about that in the past, I'm sure we have touched on this at some point in the past, that with everything that is presented to us, there is no way possible for us to process all of it and to remember it. If you were to sit in front of your TV and watch the TV for just a few hours, you would be hit with so many different news stories that by the time you finished listening to the last news story, you probably wouldn't remember what the first one was. If you're listening to the radio throughout the day, if you're driving in your car and, and you've got news talk radio on, by the time you have gotten to your destination, you will no doubt have forgotten some of what you've already heard maybe just minutes ago. And so we live in this world where information is thrown at us all the time. It is impossible to process all of it, and therefore it is impossible to remember all of it. And so this morning, if I were to ask you, what are some of the things you have forgotten, the obvious response to that would be, I don't know. If I knew what I had forgotten, then obviously I would not have forgotten it. And so we can go through life and we can forget things that, that maybe even we thought were important at the time we heard it. But because so much other stuff entered into the mind, what we thought was important and what we said we were going to remember, well, we have forgotten that as well. 
And so again, if I were to say to you today, what are some of the things you have forgotten? You would say, I have no idea what I have forgotten. If I did, again, it would not have been forgotten. And as that is true in our daily lives, I want us to think about this because this too, I believe, is very important that sometimes the same thing happens in our spiritual lives. I understand the process. I've grown up in this process. For lack of better words, I've grown up in the system. I I was born into a Christian home, and I began going to church from the day I was born. And and I was in one of those families that if the church doors were open, we were going to be there. So if it was a Sunday morning, we were there. If it was a Sunday night, we were there. If it was a Wednesday night, we were there. If it was some special meeting, we were there. Our family was in the church every time the doors were open. And as a result, here's what I know can happen. We can hear so many things in the house of God. We can be confronted with so many different truths from the Word of God that by the time we're trying to process this one, we're forgetting already what we heard just a little bit ago. And so this morning, if I were to say to you, what are some of the sermons you have forgotten? You would probably be able to say this, well, obviously I don't know because I have forgotten them, but probably a safe answer would be something like this, most of them. Because so much is happening. So much is taking place. And, and so you hear a sermon and you may even say something like this. Ooh, I'm going to remember that one. And then a couple of days later, you're saying to yourself, what was that I was going to remember about the sermon? And, and so this morning, I'm going to talk to us about something that we've all heard before. But it is so easy to forget. And I would bet that after this sermon is finished, some of you may say to yourselves, all right, I'm going to remember that one. To which I would say this. We'll see. Because there's a good chance we'll all forget this and we'll need the reminder at some point down the road. And so this evening or this morning rather this morning i just want to bring some things to our mind that maybe it'll be a help today maybe by the grace of god it'll be a help at some point this week and maybe just maybe we'll hold on to this one for a while i want us to begin noticing in james chapter 5 verse number 19 how james begins this verse He uses the word brethren. As James uses this word brethren, I I want us to be mindful of this. I want us to be aware of this, that this is not just a reference to one's race or to one's nationality. This is a reference to one's spiritual relationship with someone else. This is a reference to what we might call a brother or sister in Christ James is not just writing to fellow Jews in general. He is writing to fellow Jews who have placed their faith in Christ. There is a spiritual relationship between them that transcends any 
relationship that could be there because of race or nationality. So he says, brethren, and then he makes this statement, again, in light of the context that we just reviewed, he said, if any of you do err from the truth. If any of you do err from the truth. And so this morning, I want us to think for just a moment as to what James is talking about whenever he speaks of the truth. Whenever James speaks of the truth, what is he talking about? Well, he is talking about God's revealed word to them at that time in their lives. That is what James is considering. That is what James is speaking of when he speaks of the truth, that it was God's revealed truth to his children up to that point. See, here's what we've got to remember, that in the days of James and these believers, they were not walking around with their scriptures and with their Bibles like we do today. But they did have revealed truth given to them, not just from the Old Testament, much of which would have carried over into their lives, but they also had truth that was revealed to them through the apostles, those which had the apostolic authority to be able to say, thus saith the Lord. And so for us to sit here this morning and to say, well, they didn't really know what God's will was. They didn't really know what God's mind was. That is not true. They had the truth just in a different format than what you and I have the truth. So James is writing to the brethren, and he speaks of the truth. You and I would say today the truth of God's word. And here's what he lets us know. That from the brethren... Any can err from the truth. Anyone can err from the truth. What does it mean whenever James says that it's possible for a person to err from the truth? It just means this, to go astray from something. To go astray from something. And so here is what James is saying. He is saying that it is possible for someone to be aware of the truth, to know the truth, and yet for whatever reason, here is what they do. They begin to err from it and they begin to go astray from it. So we might paraphrase it like this. Somebody knows what is expected of them. Someone knows what is required of them. And they begin to go an opposite direction ever so slightly. When someone errs from the truth, here's what they are doing. They are straying from what they know to be right. It happened in the days of James and it still happens today. That is no surprise. That is no shock to any of us. There are still people in our world today, they are saved. We could call them brethren. We could call them the children of God. And yet with the truth that has been revealed to us, for whatever reason, here is what happens. They begin to stray from it. They get it in their mind that they don't have to do this. They get it in their mind that they don't have to live this way. And so though the word of God makes this declaration, they stray from it and they begin living according to their own truth or what they believe or what they perceive 
to be truth. Now, friends, I just want to remind us there's only one truth, and everything other than that truth is false, and it is a lie. Okay, the Word of God is truth. The Word of God is absolute truth. The Word of God is the only thing that is accurate 100% of the time. Friends, we are fallible beings, and we're not going to get it right every time. And if we have become our own standard of truth, and we've got to know this, we have erred from absolute truth. So here is James, and he says, Brethren, if any of you do err from the truth, if you begin to stray, if you begin to wonder, then that is what you have done. You have erred, and he lets them know again, anyone can do it. It's not just young people today who have erred from the truth. We hear so many people bemoan the younger culture and the younger generation, and they're just leaving the church by the scores. They're leaving the church by the hundreds. They're just leaving the church in mass number. Okay, that may be true, but it is happening in every demographic of life. All across the board, people are straying from the truth. Now, here is what James lets us know from verse number 20. That whenever a person strays or errs from the truth, there is a consequence associated with it. There is always a consequence associated with straying or erring from the truth. Now, we're going to touch on this more in just a moment, but I want us to see this that the consequence of straying or erring from the truth from verse number 20 is this. It is death. That is what James says, that it is death. The consequence of, uh, from, the consequence of straying from the truth is death. Now, I know some may hear that, and they may say something like this by way of a question. So what you're saying to me is this, is that if a person strays from the truth of God's word, they are going to die? Well, I would just say it like this. It is possible. The scripture makes it clear that one can live in rebellion to such an extent, to such a degree that the consequence for that sin is a literal, physical death. But here's what most of us know, is that more times than not, that does not seem to be the end result of one straying from the truth. I think many of us have known people who have strayed from the truth. They have gone astray, and yet they have continued to live year after year after year after year. And so it would prompt this question then for some of us, well, if they haven't died, then what would this statement mean that James presented to them? Okay, so you've got to consider what else death means. It doesn't just mean a literal physical death. It also means this, misery. Misery. Pain and misery. You know what James is saying to the believers that he is writing to? He is just saying this, that when a person strays from the truth, one of the consequences will be this, misery 
in their lives. They are going to become miserable individuals. It is an unnecessary consequence. It is an avoidable consequence or action or or an event in a person's life if they would not stray from the truth. But when a person strays from the truth, if they are a child of God, here is what we can know. It is going to lead to misery that did not have to be experienced. But see, here is where the delusion lies and straying from the truth. Here's the problem that exists when people stray from the truth. Satan always postpones the consequences for the strain. Follow this, please. Satan never shows an individual what the end result will be of them straying. The Word of God has explained it. The Word of God has made it clear to individuals like you and I. It's going to produce misery. But see, here's what happens. Though God's Word has explained it, though God's Word has declared it, though Christians from generation to generation have known it, here is what Satan does. He doesn't let them know the full extent of the pain that will be created the moment they begin to stray. Because if we suffered the consequences of it immediately, we would never stick with the straying from the truth that we've engaged in. See, here's what happens. A person begins to stray and there's no visible effect from that straying. They began to stray in their personal lives and they don't see any effect from it immediately. They began to stray from the truth in their family and they're not seeing any consequence of it immediately. They began to stray in their thoughts. They began to stray in their attitude. They began to stray in their actions. And there seems to be nothing happening of of an ill effect. So what is the problem with what I am doing? The problem with what you are doing is this, is that has not gone full cycle yet in your life. It just hasn't. I was visiting with someone this week. And as I visited with them, this is what I said to them. I said, what you are dealing with today is the result of a decision that was made 20 years ago. What you are dealing with and what you are facing and what is now before you as this terrible situation, that is not the result of what happened yesterday or last week or last month. That is the result of what happened in your life 20 years ago. So here's what James is saying. When a person errs from the truth, it produces and it brings about death. It brings about misery. It brings about pain. But it is so hard to convince people of that who are straying because they're not seeing the consequences of it yet. So as James makes this statement, as James writes these words, I think James was wise enough to know this. Most of those who had already strayed 
most likely would not have read those words. It's kind of like the preacher saying this, I would love for so-and-so to hear this sermon, but because they don't come to church anymore, they're probably not going to hear it. You know, it's kind of like saying, man, I'd love for somebody to hear the sermon tonight, but they're not going to hear it because they don't come. It's that exact same way with James. Okay, he's writing and he's making a statement of truth in relation to those who have strayed, but the ones who have already strayed, they're not going to read it because they're not concerned with what James has to say. So who is James writing to? He's writing to the ones who have yet to stray. Now follow this, please. In verse number 19, he said, Brethren, if any of you do err from the truth, and one convert him. What does it mean to convert someone? It just means this, to turn them around. To turn them around. And the idea would be this, to bring them back to where they need to be. Here is truth and it is unmoving. Here is truth and it is unchanging. Here is truth and it cannot be altered. And yet someone has begun to stray away from the truth. What James said to the brethren who had not strayed, who would actually take the time to read his words, he said this, Brethren, if any of you do err from the truth and one convert him, if one is able to bring him back to the truth of God's word, he said in verse number 20, let him know or let him understand that he which converteth the sinner from the error of his way shall save a soul from death and shall hide or cover a multitude of sins. Now when James said that the person would hide a multitude of sins, he was not suggesting that the consequences of sin goes away because that never happens. There is always a consequence for erring from the truth. But when a person is converted and when a person is brought back to truth, when a person is brought back to, to the reality that God's word is right and they are wrong, then here's what that person inevitably will do. That person will begin to be made right with God. Sins will be addressed and sins will be dealt with so that sins can be forgiven and sins can be covered. All right, so what is James saying? He is saying to those who have not strayed, in relation to those who have strayed, listen, God can use you to convert that person, to cause that person to turn and to come back to the truth of God's word. You can be used in this restoration process. You can be the tool. You can be the catalyst that God uses to get this person where they need to be in their walk with God. Obviously, the Holy Spirit ultimately is the agent that accomplishes all this. And ultimately, we understand that the one who has strayed has to be willing to humble themselves. But what James is saying is this, to those who have not strayed, you are the one that God could use in this process. It is you that God could use to bring this one back that needs to be restored to the truth of his word. 
Now this morning, if I were to develop the thoughts extensively, we could be here for a long time. But this morning, I just want to kind of give us a condensed version of the thoughts and say this, that all around us, there are people who identify themselves as believers. All around us, there are people who identify themselves as believers. And yet, for whatever reason, they have strayed from the truth. Do we recognize that this morning? They have strayed from the truth. Now, the reason I say and the reason I ask this morning, do we recognize that, is because here's what I think happens sometimes. I think sometimes we get so busy in our lives and we've got so much information coming at us and we've got so many things to deal with that we fail to remember that the people around us, so many of them, they are not where they're supposed to be in their walk with God. I'm asking us, is that a fair assumption to make on our part, that we get so busy and we've got so many things going through our minds that we forget that there is this person in our family who is not right, that there is this person that we work beside every day who is not right, Is it fair to say that sometimes we forget that this person is not right with God? I think it's fair to say. Now now follow this. As we forget that, you know what else we forget? We forget that they are making their lives miserable, slowly but surely. See, if I lose sight of the fact that this family member or this co-worker or this neighbor is, is straying from the truth of the Word of God, I will lose sight of the consequence that it will have in their life one day. And truthfully, I need to be mindful of that I need to remember this that though this person looks like they've got it all together though this person's spirit is that of arrogance and haughtiness and and though they want to come across like everything is good and they don't need anything I need to be reminded and and I need to remember No, really what's happening is this, is they have put themselves on a path of misery and a path of pain, and and all that's going to happen is this, is eventually they are going to make their lives miserable. I need to remember that. I think sometimes the church family needs to be reminded of that. That just because it looks like things are okay for them doesn't mean it is. And so if I'll remember this, that there are people all around me going astray, and if I will remember that they're making their lives miserable, then here's what else I need to remember. Maybe... Just maybe, God would use me 
to be the one to convert them. Not that I'm the one doing the work in that that person's life. Not that it's me who is doing the work in that person's heart. But maybe it could be me that God would allow to say something, to do something that would cause that person to see the error of their way, the error of their thoughts, the error of their actions, and to bring them back into obedience where they need to be. I need to be reminded from time to time, and I think most of you need to be reminded from time to time, that God wants to use you to see people restored to right fellowship with him. But see, if I don't remember that people are going astray because I've got so many other things going on, and if I don't remember that people are making their lives miserable because I've got so much other stuff going on, if I don't remember those things, then I'll never remember that God wants to use me to see that person made right with him. And so as best I can, with the help of God and by the grace of God, I need to remember that whenever I see someone, I've got to evaluate it kind of from this perspective. They're either living in obedience to the truth or they're not, but there is no middle ground in the matter. It's either obedience or disobedience. It's either living according to the truth or it's living in accordance to the truth they had determined for themselves. But again, there's no middle ground. And if I remember that, then I remember this. They're either going to enjoy the blessings of obedience or they're going to make their lives miserable. I've got to remember that. And if they're not right, if they're not where they should be, I need to remind myself, and I need to be reminded maybe from another source, It might be me that God wants to use to help them get back to where they're supposed to be. I want to ask you this morning. I don't know what the answer would be. I just want to ask us this morning. When was the last time you looked at the people around you and were mindful of this truth? They're either right or they're wrong, period. I mean, can you look at anyone in your life and you just have to say right now, you know, if I would just look at it from that simple of a perspective, I would have to say this. They're either walking according to truth or they're not. So they're either right or they're wrong. Okay, yeah, as I think about it this morning, yes, I can think of someone. But when you ask the question, man, it's been a while. I would ask us this morning to think about it. When was the last time you looked at it that simply, that bluntly? They're either walking according to the truth of God's word or they're not. When was the last time we thought about it? If we have thought about it, did it register with us that if they're walking in disobedience, they're making their lives miserable? Brother Kyle, they sure don't look miserable to me. Give it time. Give it time. Sometimes it simmers slow. When was the last time you realized, God, 
you might want to use me to see that person restored. It might be me who needs to make that statement. It might be me who needs to extend that invitation. It might be me who needs to be reaching out to that person. When was the last time we realized it needs to be me that God is able to use? I'm just saying, I don't think we think about it often enough. I think it is far too easy to forget this truth. And so when you look at the context of what James is saying, there are people who are discouraged, there are people who are upset by the circumstances of life, and they've begun to stray from the truth. And James is closing with this thought, God can use you to convert them. We need to be reminded, God can use us to see people converted. But if we are not mindful of it, if we are not aware of it, we'll forget it, we'll not remember what we've forgotten, and we'll not be used in restoring others. Truly, God wants to use us. Let's all stand this morning and bow our heads for prayer. Father, as we come to you this morning, I pray that you would help us, Lord, to be reminded of this. It's not that we don't know these things. It's not that this is the first time we've ever heard it. But as I've said, it's so easy to forget. Lord, there may be some here this morning who would have to be honest and say they can't remember the last time they even viewed things from that perspective. That people have erred, that people are making their lives miserable and that they could be used to restore that person if they would allow themselves to be. God, I pray that you'd challenge us in this area of our Christian lives. I pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen.